coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good day, Dave. Good day, Michael. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. We're back at it, huh? Yeah. So, uh, um, so Dave, I got to break something to you because uh, you're a big water guy. You know, hold on a second. Let me get a drink of water. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. We, we have 50 gallons. We have four <laughs> containers of water. Five. Five? Yeah. yeah. It's like we're never here. So the water guy keeps dropping off water. So I'm going to start selling it, I think. So I'm going to bring in all my empty Aquafina bottles. And if you guys are... Actually, if someone's thirsty, just stop by the office here in Lafayette. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah. water. If... Uh, for some reason, we're, we're storing more stocking up water, just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, what do you call those? We're, we're not. What do you call it when, when we're getting ready for the nuclear... Uh, doomsdayers? Yeah, we're doomsdayers. Now, we got water. Um, yeah, and we got some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. But you and know, coffee. In terms, of, in terms of traveling, I got to tell you... Yeah, where so, we go? Uh, we See, were we went to Fort Wayne. We were, we were in Fort Wayne. And uh, for those of you who've never been to Fort Wayne, Indiana, what a delightful little town! That little the city down the downtown spot is really nice. From what they've done to kind of rejuvenate that from the bridge, from the MLK Bridge, and uh, just that front side where the park is, and the downtown where the I think it's the Harrison or Jefferson Center. Um, and yeah, the hotel, our done hotel was uh, attached to the uh, ballpark. Yeah. That's the coolest thing. Man, is it, it just, you know what, hats off to the city of Fort Wayne for making a, uh, making a run of being just a great city. And we went to Ruth Chris, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Ooh, that was so good. Holy molasses. That might be, we eat steaks everywhere we go. Except for Mike, he's a vegetarian. Guy. I'm a meatitarian. Yeah, yeah, right. How are the rice cakes there? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that Ruth Chris for the last two years, yeah, I think that might have been the best steak I've had in the last couple of years. So. It's pretty good. I don't know. The one I had in downtown Colorado Springs is pretty darn good. Those are good. You're right. But Ruth Chris, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't. The service and everything else, there's such, there's a couple of gems out there. But Ruth Chris in Fort Wayne, shout out to you. Baker Street's pretty good too. But yeah. uh, downtown Fort Wayne doing a great job. Good, great job. We're not going to tell you the name of the steakhouse, but we'll we'll just say we didn't have quite that experience when we were in Boston. We're not a little disappointed in the city. Yeah, yeah, and Mike's only doing that because it's uh, it's Italian owned. Yeah. So uh, if you're an Italian owned steakhouse in Boston, listening here, mm, might want to make a trip to Fort Wayne and have Ruth Chris steak and compare. <laughs> You know what? Italians believe that they have everything just right. So, but I mean, I've been to a couple Italian restaurants that are just, and I'll tell you what, since we're giving shout outs, there's an Italian restaurant in Newtown, Pennsylvania called La Stala. Benny's a chef. He from, he's from Sicily. 
And Kevin's the best waiter I've ever come across. And if you want to go somewhere and have some of the best Italian food that you've ever had, go to La Stalla in Newtown, Pennsylvania, and tell them I sent you there. It is one of, it is the best Italian food I've ever had. And I come from an Italian family. Wow. Wow. Just saying, just saying, but uh, I'm a bit passionate about food. Well, good deal. What are we talking about today? Um, I, I could talk about this all day, but I don't think that's what uh, that's what people want to hear. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Dave, we, we, what we're going to talk about today is how partnerships work. You and I are out and about, and we're talking to baby boomer businesses that are looking to exit or looking to kind of turn things around for the next three to five years in preparation of an exit. And a lot of opportunity. Of them, yeah, a lot of opportunity. Some of them need to bring on partners because they, uh, they've been long rangers for the last 15 years and they've kind of done one year 15 times. And we've said, hey, you know, you, 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 need, you need some help. And the way you're going to get some help is give someone you know, some skin in the game, give them a piece of the action. And so, or, or you got young people out there that are entrepreneurial-minded and they want to buy a business, but they only have half the capital, so they're taking on a partner, right? And they are going to buy, because there's a lot of baby boomer companies out there for sale, and they're small businesses, and one or two people can go buy them with some savings, and they're going to say, hey, you know, I like this guy, we're friends, let's go be partners. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about that before you jump in um, with someone who... You know, you kind of know, or maybe you don't know, or know you, or maybe you know really well. But we, we got like four things we think you need to emphasize. And you might, and you might look at Mike and I and say, "What the hell do you guys know?" But uh, both of us have had multiple business partnerships. I've had two very good ones. I have two. I'm blessed with two very good business partners, and I had one that was just bad, 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 bad. So. Uh, if I could, if I could keep people from making that mistake, um, I would. You've had a lot of good business I've had, partnerships. I've had great business partnerships, and I've had one where I was uh, in court with. So yeah, and uh, it was easy because I'm an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I knew yeah, yeah I didn't take that. But uh, I don't know if that tells you how smart I am. But. <laughs> yeah, no. it's, uh, you only, you know, you only go to court, man, when. Uh, when you don't do some upfront stuff. And That's so, right. That's so right. I think the first thing you want to do is uh, share the same goals. You have to make sure the person you're going into partnership has the same goals, not only for the business, but like personal goals. Like Yeah, and a lot of that, I've seen a lot of partnerships where, you know, Jimmy and Johnny sit down at the, at the bar and they have a couple beers and they have a lot of the same goals. But their wives, Mary and Sue, they don't. And Mary, which is Jimmy's wife, doesn't necessarily like Johnny too much. Guys, girls, um, stop there. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. if you have, you need chemistry between you and your business partner, and you also, like Mike and I are in business together. Um, Mike doesn't want to go into business with my wife, and I don't want to go into business with his wife, right? So, but uh, we get along. We're all good. We have a great time together, but business is business, and family and friends are family and friends, and we have a line between there. So we have, and we have those same goals. Absolutely. So when you're partnering with somebody, and their wife's going to be involved, or their husband's going to be involved, 
um, you need to really move, lean into setting rules and that share the, sharing the same goal conversation may take months. Sure, sure, to, to make sure you have the mm-hmm. right the right fit. And then, you know, you, 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 you enter into a partnership as it relates to a business. Um, That's right. For the, for the purpose of making money, right? So it's really important that you have a formal agreement. And if you're an LLC, which if you're a small and medium-sized business, I personally think is the best formation is an LLC. You need to have an operating agreement. And the operating agreement can't be written by your cousin Jude. It needs to be written by uh, an attorney who does operating agreements because they have to ask you a lot of questions. A third party operating agreement. It can't be, you know, my buddy. It needs to be somebody that's neutral, somebody that has everybody's interest in mind and a business's interest in mind. Um, you know, we have Seamus, and Seamus is a great dude. Both Mike and I like him. He's a third party, and he can speak truth to both of us. Yeah, Seamus <clears throat> says, hey, I represent the company. That's right. You guys are on your own. That's right. So, yeah, so, yeah, you you got to have a formal operating agreement that, yep. uh, uh, that's been written by an attorney who asks you all the questions about where you guys are headed and what you want this that's business right. to be. That's right, and and Mike is an attorney, and then I have my cousin Vinny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Vinny says, "Well, he's a different kind of attorney." Man, don't don't mess with my cousin. Is, uh, <laughs> what Vinny says. So it's, there's there's the formal. He agreement. doesn't say much. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who dates my daughters, they know. Yeah, they know Vinny. <laughs> no, just joking. And that formal agreement really. probably never comes into play, right? Because the right. formal agreement is what you lean on when. Everything else has gone crap, right? So hopefully you don't need the formal agreement. It's the informal um, interaction that, uh, and you set goals you said, around that too. Right? Yeah, you need the formal agreement. You got to have that. Yeah, you got to have that's, the formal that's, agreement. That's a non-starter. Mm-hmm. But the informal, the informal agreement, you don't necessarily need um, a lawyer involved. But I would suggest people write some of that stuff down and make sure they agree with it. It's kind of like having a plan, right? Well, you know, it evolves. Uh, Dave is, uh, is you know, just a, a maniac around scheduled time, right? And, and <laughs> well, where, I, where are you going? Not so much. So early on, we, we had huge, you know, um, um, disagreements over, over that. I'm like, hey, Wait, did you say huge? Yeah, huge is probably not the right word. We had, you know, we had disputes. Like, Dave's like, hey, man, it's, we said we're going to do this at 8 o'clock. In fact, just yesterday, Dave texted me at the end of the night. You know, I'm in bed, I'm reading a book. Yeah, hey, what time are you going to get in the morning? Probably around 7.30. So between the time that I, and I'm telling you, this is 10.30 at night. Between 10.30 at night and 6 o'clock the next morning, he set up an all-hands meeting. I'm um, just a lot of the gagging around because I'm eh, somewhere around 7.30 and I look at my my uh, email and I'm like, holy smokes, we have a meeting, an all-hands meeting, 125 employees at 7.30. And I, Dave, man, what are you doing? You, I said, what says, the? He I, says, I said, I was gonna, you said you're going to be there at 7.30. And I was like, I said, sort of around 7.30. So um, these are the kind of informal things that... Yeah, just, just so you know, I have it in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the, sort of around. It was like I was thinking seven thirty. I was like, "Cool, sounds good. I'll see you at seven Yeah, yeah. But again, these are informal 
uh, you know, goals and objectives <laughs> that you work through, you know, is because you're bringing two personalities together. And so, you know, <laughs> these rules. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm cutting him off right here because I gotta say this. So <laughs> we had this call. I don't know if the client or a partner or somebody, and uh, and it starts at this time. And I'm on, and I'm kind of like, you know, where's Mike? You know, I was raised in a military family, and Mike was too. This is hilarious. But uh, you know, I looked at Mike, and I'm like, hey, what what does seven thirty mean to you? And he's like. Um, Time's kind of fluid with me. And I'm like, yeah, but time's not fluid. (laughs) So so I think it's a habit of having, you know, 50 things on a schedule every day and being used to run like that. And and time is time. And and Mike is kind of an attorney where he works into, he does things that I don't do where 9, 10 o'clock at night, Mike's working. Man, I get home and I shut off because I get it, because I go very, if you know me at all, I'm a bit intense. So I run really hard from like 6 a.m. to like 6 p.m. And it's line, line, choo, 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 choo. And, uh, and I plan to do the Pomodoro and the whole thing. And when I shut off, I'm off. But Mike, Mike gets his stuff done through the day and, and then takes a break in the evening and then goes back at it. And it seems like he works really late at night. And uh, so we're just very different people. Sure. And so I think that's, you know, we said you... To make a partnership work, first of all, you got to share some, the same goals. And then the second thing is you have to set some rules, and they're going to be the formal rules that are uh, memorialized in an operating agreement. And then there's some informal rules that you guys will kind of talk through over time. And uh, it's all part of meshing of these personalities. Yeah, right? yeah and, and the perfect example of my, what Mike brought up is I, I should have – Respondent said, great, I'm going to have an all-hands deck meeting at 7.30. Jeff, we had a heads up. I shouldn't have just said, hey, I see 7.30, we're good. Uh, but that heads up might have been a five-minute differential differentiator that would have helped Mike out. So, But we talk about that, and Mike has way more grace than I deserve a lot of times. But uh, and, and, but we, we give each other grace in those conversations, and that's how partnerships work. Absolutely. You know, if Mike was a couple minutes late to the meeting, it wasn't any big deal. He was there. I'm happy. He, he was there right at 7.30. And, uh, and I was doing my thing, just running, but, uh, it, we're, we're good that way, but we have those informal rules to where there are times that I over communicate things at times when I know it's really critical. And if it's, and if it's not critical, it's like, yeah, if he's there, he's there. And, uh, and likewise with Mike to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what the personality mesh is all about. Dave now knows, he, he knows because of our interactions over the last 18 to 24 months. Like, uh, if it's really time sensitive, hey, Mike, this is really time sensitive. And I don't, and I'm not offended by that because cool. I know what he's saying. He's saying, uh, this isn't fluid. This is, this is pretty, you know, this is, this is etched in stone. So let's make this happen. And it's good. And so I think, you know, you have to mesh, um, personalities, um, but you have to have the, what do you call it, Dave? You have to have the uh, the uh, the ability to mesh personalities. I, and let me unpack that just for a second, if you don't mind. I'm uh, I'm a very very driven individual. Um, I'm not happy unless I'm running at least a hundred mile an hour. Uh, that's just I mean that's just who I am. I like to try to put twelve hours in an eight hour day. I like to drive hard. I'm an intense personality. Mike is super chill laid back, easy going, 
understands extremely smart, right? So he speaks a lot of wisdom into me in business and personally and what goes on. And then me, as far as execution, looking at timestamps, looking at time scheduling, looking at operations, I'm, it's my background. It's what I know. It's what I do. As far as cultures and right-sizing cultures, it's kind of my, it's what I do. So, but if you know me, the personality like Mike, somebody that's easygoing, somebody that's like, whoa, what's going on here? Hey, <laughs> I know how to approach this situation because if you're, if you're with someone that runs a hundred mile an hour, if you can't relax and kind of watch what's going on and know when to insert and when to jump in, you can have a collision. So Mike knows how to deal with that. So he, his personality meshes really well with mine and makes that relationship really rich. And my, and the way I am really makes it really rich with Mike because we're, we're offsetting. We have different strengths. And totally, it, totally. So my ying is Mike's yang. It goes. Uh, it yeah. Sound. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and it's, it's wonderful too, because, uh, um, when we have a client, um, we end up oftentimes good guy, bad guy. I'm like, I'm usually we, the good guy. Yeah. We can work through this now or you could Dave on the phone. No, you know, so, whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, that's the meshing of personalities. And then I think the last thing is, uh, you know, a partnership comes together to make money. I'm, I mean, I'm a capitalist, so I have a partnership with my wife and then and then all of the rest of my partnerships are business partnerships, right? I mean, friendships aren't necessarily a partnership. I mean, so when I, when I think of partnership in the context of... Of this, of this podcast, it's about the partnership when it comes to business. And, totally. And you have to have, if you have the same goals and you set rules, you got to make sure the personalities mesh. And it can't be, boy, we get along really well and we've been getting along really well the last two weeks. It's got to be long term, sure. Because nothing can sour a friendship like a bad business partnership. Yeah, yeah, and and how you keep the train on the tracks is you got to execute a shared plan. You got to build a plan, right, Mike? Yeah, and that plan is uh, typically a three to five year plan, and then you have your, you know, this is what we got to do this week, this month, this quarter, this year mm-hmm. against that five year plan. Yep. But uh, you, you absolutely have to understand where we're headed. We have to be on the same sheet of paper. It's got to be written down. We've, we need to have chewed on it. We need to have shared it with other people. When I hear Dave talking to other people about where we're trying to take EGS, um, I listen because I want to make sure, you know, we're still on the same sheet of music as, as to what our, what our plan is. That's right. And by definition, as you execute this shared plan with two different personalities, you're going to have conflict. And uh, so conflict management skills is a really important piece of the plan execution. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it's one of those situations that when you have the conflict management skills, they, they need to be, the conflict needs to happen as you're building the plan to make sure that you share the plan because Whenever you get emotional, you go back to the plan and say, what is our plan? What do we want to do? Where are we going to go? And you get back to that logic part of it, right? You sure. Pull emotions out of it for a second. Let's look at logic. Are we establishing this? And if you aren't establishing this, then you got a discussion. But you have to have a plan. And you got to hammer out that plan. And then you have to, you have, 
in a lot of times when you're hammering out to plan, you got to be okay with what the other person thinks and feels. Oh, sure. I mean, think of, think of your marriage for those of you out there who are married. Um, you know, my wife and I have a plan for ourselves, for our children, for our household. And, uh, but you know, we all have the same plan, but sometimes she does things and I'm like, what was that all about? And then we have to talk through it. Right. So, if you're going to have conflict in a marriage, you're certainly going to have conflict in a partnership. That's right. you're trying to execute the same plan. But your plan is your roadmap, and you got to agree on what road you're going to take and where you're going to go. Sharing the goals, that's your North Star and how you're going to get there, and that plan is super critical. And as you go about that plan, if you want to enhance your partnership, you need to kind of make it about the other person a little bit. There are times that it's about them. And uh, Mike, hats off to you. You're a phenomenal partner. And there are times in in certain situations that I might have some heavy buckets of water to carry, or you might have some heavy buckets of water to carry. And you're a phenomenal partner at making it about me sometimes because of how heavy that bucket is at times. And you've done a lot of things um, for me to prop me up to make sure that I'm successful and I have just a second to step back and breathe. And, and you've done the same thing, Dave. I mean, and, and it's because we can cover really well for one another. Mm-hmm. Like I can pretend like I know what the hell I'm saying for a while until, <laughs> until Dave comes back and he can do the same thing, right? Because we, I mean, we have this general breadth and scope of yep. knowledge. Um, and we also have our areas of a specialty and expertise. And and we celebrate the crap out of it. When when we're done with something, um, you know, I've been around for 25 years and Mike's been around for about 30, 35 years doing this kind of work. And uh, we walk into a plant regardless of what kind of business it is. And it's kind of amazing how we're able to build a plan to solve something and drive it to profit in the amount of time we are based on our unique set of, we have very unique sets of skills. I mean, I've owned nine companies in the last 25 years. You've owned a multitude of companies, very different kinds of companies in different markets from government to medical, um, to environmental, to aerospace and space. There's all kinds of different facets to our business, but, uh, to our experience and we walk in these businesses and it jumps off the page. It's like, I've seen that problem. Ah, there's a twist here. I understand what's going on and hey, we can solve that. And it's been, I've been amazed. I've been amazed in the last couple of years in being able to solve those problems with you because it's a great partnership and it's so fun celebrating that when it's done. Yeah, so we celebrate amongst ourselves, you know, for the win that we've had for our client. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing how difficult it is to get the client to celebrate the win. They they just feel like uh, the other shoe's going to drop and Mm -hmm. we're like, no, there's not going to be another shoe to drop. I mean, there's going to be another problem that comes down the pike at us. But this one, we can put a bow on. That's right. And this one's going to help. This one as a roadmap to set to solve the next one. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, we think uh, you know, making it about the other person is the is the is really the secret sauce to to making a partnership work. If it's if it's all about you, um, it's only a matter of time where um, your interests and your partner's interests are going to diverge. And if you can't, if you feel so strongly about that and he or she feels so strongly about that, then you guys are going to fall back on that formal written agreement, right? Yep. Uh, to avoid uh, litigation. But if you can 
you know, just let it be about the other person when it needs to be about the other person, um, and then celebrate those wins when you have wins. Um, making a partnership work is, it's only at the top. Having a good partner is what it's all about. Right on, Mike. Right on, Dave. We at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.